Welcome to the Bernie Kosar Show featuring the Cleveland legend himself, Bernie Kosar, alongside the top dog, Hanford Dixon. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. I did not get traded away. I'm Gabriella Cruz. And the trade <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't trade you at the trade deadline. Hey, hey she barely, I barely missed it because she was almost gone. Yeah. She's got a lot of people where you know, the conversation was in and they wanted her, but she's <laughs> stuck around. There wasn't enough fair draft compensation to give up our awesome producer. She's too expensive. That's the problem. I mean, you know. I just needed a vacation. Who doesn't need a break from these crazy guys in here? We got Big Play Dave in the house. No need, speaking of crazy guys, for Angry Ken today. Because nothing to be angry about. Can we get a round of applause for that? No Angry Ken. No Angry Ken. the, uh, The CTE headaches. The headaches won't be won't be as bad. We won't be getting yelled at, and I guess we won't. We don't have to be angry uh, having a bye week here and getting a win before the bye week. And not, we can, not that uh, not that we're happy being three and five yeah. and at we, the halfway. Point. And we can say what we want to say about him because he's not here. But you know what? <laughs> we God, are talking behind God, his back. God damn it! I'm glad he's not here because he's just his attitude is just so mean and I mean it's crazy. Angry. We are here to bear positiveness. That's right. Okay? That's right. And That's we don't right. Wanna, That's right. We want to look at things from a positive perspective. So, like we were saying, we're not exactly festive to be three and five, but we want to be positive. So it's a hell of a lot better than being two and six, like we anticipated a couple weeks ago. Well, you know the thing that I look at it when you look at this AFC North. Uh, I mean, with our record, even though we're three and five. I mean, no one has really uh, pretty much ran away with it yet. Uh, obviously, we got uh, Baltimore's got a big game tonight. Uh, they're five and three, and they're playing the Saints. But the good thing is, uh, looking at the New Orleans Saints, they need this game, BK, because when you look at their division, they're right there. And especially if they get a win tonight, beat the Baltimore Ravens, there things look much better for them right now. So there's a possibility that they can uh, uh, take these uh, Baltimore Ravens out. And after speaking with uh, Ozzy about this game, trust me, they're not taking it lightly. They they are a little bit worried about those Saints right now. Yeah, Oz and, uh, is yeah. Uh, yeah. justifiably so. You know, he's been around long enough. A Hall of Fame Hall of Fame member as a player. He should be another Hall of Famer as an executive. And he knows that we don't take games for granted. Yeah in this league and stuff. And just like we've said now multiple times in this opening drive, that we're not happy being three and five. But if you go around the league with 32 teams in the league, there's probably 25 to almost 30 teams that feel they're right on the cusp of things, uh, on the cusp of success, and feel like that they haven't played up to their expectations. So the the parity within the NFL um, is really amazing. We say that basically year in and year out. But again, to be three and five, to not be where we want to be, but still, to have playoff aspirations is significantly better than what it appeared to be a week or two ago. And we will take a look at your first half of the season thoughts. Let's get into our opening drive. Okay, fellas, how about giving us your overall thoughts, or you could grade uh, people, players, on the first eight games. What are you thinking? Well, I think when you when you look at it, and I'll, I'll jump on this first. Uh, when you look at it, I, I thought we started the season off pretty good. I thought we we started it off uh, uh, strong. Uh, we had a lot of promise, and, and there's, the promise is still there. But uh, Jacoby uh, 
played well, and I think overall the you know the, the whole team played well. But um, we went on that uh, losing streak. I think we lost like four games in a row, and I thought that really hurt us. Uh, the good thing is, uh, in the memory bank of all the players going into the uh, bye week, they have a memory of uh, a, a, a win. They have a memory of uh, the team playing a complete ball game in all three phases of the game, offensively, defensively, and special teams. So, and that'll I, be fresh in their head it, from this past game. I, well, I mean, point. you are right on it. It's going to be fresh in their head. But, uh, again, I, I just said it a little while ago, we're in the AFC North. And, BK, we still have a shot uh, in the AFC North. Yeah, you know, if you would have said, like we did before the season, that so much of the focus was on uh, our W's and L's were going to be so predicated on how our quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, did. And Jacoby Brissett, in the first half of the year, has yes, he's had a few mistakes, and we could point to those two or three mistakes that played well of a couple though. games. But by and large, Jacoby Brissett has played exceptionally well in comparison to what we expected him to do in this first half. If to have him playing at the level of offense that he's playing, we're the fifth highest rated offense in the league, yeah. averaging. 385 yards a game, 25.7 points a game, fifth in the NFL. Vuda said that's what we would have had with Jacoby starting our first eight games mm -hmm. of the year. We mm -hmm. absolutely would have taken that. Um, the surprising thing has been the way our defense has not been able to dominate itself. And I love how you just said we finally had a great complimentary football game this past this past week against the the Cincinnati Bengals, hopefully that resonates within our within our minds, and that is what we have coming out forward. Because defensively, so much has been talked about uh, the dominance that we anticipated coming into this season, and then for our defense to really struggle a stop in the run has been tell, telling this first half of the, well, of the year. Well, well, BK, you know I'm old school. And I'm not and, trying uh, to dog it no, because no, you're a no, defensive no, guy. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to cast but, uh, pointy no, arrows somewhere else. No, no. What I was going to say is I'm old school. And uh, if you notice when I explained it, I said uh, all three phases, offensively, defensively, and special teams. But I hate that word. Not that the word you describe it because everybody, uh, which is fine, and it's, both mm. of them means the same thing, but everybody want to – want to say it all the time, all the time. They talk about uh, 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 the way they play football. I say it's all three phases, yeah. and you say it is what football? Comp Complimentary right, football. Right, yeah, right, right. All three phases. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> but we have to uh, – we got a big game coming up, and we're going to get into all that. But uh, through these first eight games, I – I, I think uh, Jacoby's just got to hold on a little bit, a little bit longer because uh, the thing that I like right now, and people can say what they want to say about all the coaches, he's getting all the coaching from all the coaches, but I think it's just a great big deal right now that Deshaun is in the building and he can communicate with uh, Jacoby right now, even though he can't play, he still can reset, he still can communicate with him, and I think uh, that's a big, big deal. Yeah, it'll help. I think the transition getting Deshaun ready to come and play. I mean, mm -hmm. look at Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. The last two games, yeah. he's only had 10 incompletions. Yeah. We talked about this on the podcast list last week. Two of them he threw away, and one was a clock play, uh, a spike play. So he's really only had seven incompletions in the last two football games. He's thrown for 1,862 yards. He had his highest uh, um, uh, 
quarterback rating, 133.7 against the Bengals last week. He's really coming into his own. We talked about this a little bit on the podcast. I love how he said that um, on the touchdown run uh, that he's had, uh, that he had last week, how he said it almost reminded him of the Chargers game and that the game is slowing down for him. You know, his escapability in the pocket's been amazing, too. He's on, he's rushed for almost 150 yeah. yards, yeah. but more so than his rushing yards, he's being able to escape sacks and stuff. And that ability for him to, to make uh, be resourceful within the pockets has uh, been impressive. Guys, what about the coaching? So you look at Stefanski early on this year, People on the internet were ripping his gameplay, his his calls, his trick plays, what have you. You after Cincinnati game, I think a lot of that has subsided. How do you think Kevin Stefanski's done so far this year? I think he's done okay. I, I, you know, I, let's let me say this: I'm not ready to get rid of him. I don't think you deserve to be uh, fired or or let go or anything like that because uh, a few years ago, a couple years ago, or something like that, he was coach of the year. Right. In the uh, NFL, and and sure, I, I I think he'll go back. He you know he'll look at that playlist uh, because, and he'll say there's some things that he wished he'd have done a lot better. But players are not the only one. And that's, that's part of him taking yeah. taking the sword for us too. That's Absolutely. that's a good leader, and not necessarily always being wrong, but yet taking the blame, sitting up here in yeah. front of the cameras and saying that was my fault when yeah. it really wasn't. And, and players are not the only one that's going to take this bye week and reassess, you know, their play and everything. Uh, Stefanski and his coaching staff, they're going to do the same thing with themselves you know what could we have done better what plays uh, uh how can we make a better yeah, then, you know, game plan for these guys you know as players we talked last week of that we self-assess ourselves and this past week we're talking about coach Stefanski um in the bye weeks the coach do self-scouting of themselves yeah. Yeah. they will look at their own down and distance right. breakdowns their own play calling play calling characteristics to see if they have um, broken broken their tendencies or created tendencies um, that other coaches are going to be paying attention to. And, you know, this NFL is a what have you done for me lately? I mean, we saw this this week that Frank Wright, a phenomenal coach, got, um, got fired yeah. with the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, this is a tricky, tough business there where nobody, I think, would have believed that Frank Wright would have been fired at the beginning of the year so yeah. coach Stefanski there's a he's done a better job than people uh the people understand just and, yet. and I'll say this before we move on to the next one a lot of people think that uh, just because it's a bye week uh these coaches uh maybe jet off to some island or something oh, not man. happening these guys are working harder hey, right yeah. now in the collective bargaining agreement yeah. our <laughs> NFLPA has done an enormously better yeah. job of getting rest and uh, uh, rehab time and <laughs> relaxing time for the players and stuff. And the players got a well-deserved time off last week. The coaches do not have <laughs> a union. They do not get time off. They know they're under the gun. Yeah. They were in the building. They were self-scouting themselves all last week. And somewhat to your point, uh, Dave, you know, asking about sometimes coming up with too many gimmicky plays and not sometimes and getting away from the basics. Actually, sometimes coaches have too much 
much time on their hands in bye weeks and sometimes get a little too creative in some of the trick plays. And one of the things that I think is super clear about us in the first half of the year, just like our awesome city, Cleveland, uh, we're a meat and potatoes. We're a blocking and tackling type city. We're a blocking and tackling type team. We're physical. I love on the offense and defensive side yeah. of the ball. We have the, by uh, according to pro football uh, focus, we have the highest rated defensive lineman, Miles Garrett. In the NFL, we have the highest-rated offensive lineman, Joel Petonio. In the NFL, we have the number one, to me, running game in the yeah. NFL. We need to physically, in the second half of the year, be simplistic and physically go after people. And sometimes coaches get a little too much time with free time to get a little too creative. And just like we said in the podcast last <laughs> week, I'm not jumping on Coach Stefanski <laughs> for that Amari Cooper pass because we were so dominant against the Bengals. And it's great to be able to kind of maybe come up with some gimmicky plays that don't work in an awesome victory like that, so we can laugh about it. Well, yeah, to go along with that, are there any personnel groups or formations that you expect to see in the second half? Uh, more Hunt and Chubb together, maybe? Um, or any more Wildcat? Well, yeah. you know what? We saw the Wildcat with, with Nick Chubb scoring. Um, the Cleveland Browns used 13 personnel as much as anybody in the league. One receiver, three tight ends, one back. With uh, Chief David Njoku being hurt, and us not carrying as many tight ends as we usually do. Farrell Brown has been in the concussion protocol. So personnel groups, which is um, with the use of tight ends, is one of Coach Stefanski's sweet spots, the way he could use the personnel groups, motion, pr uh, and shift with that. With the tight ends, and specifically uh, David Njoku, Chief, having a career yeah. pro yeah. bowl, all yeah. pro type year, having that high ankle sprain. We have to be a little more creative, I think, in the personnel groups without the tight ends there. And you saw it against the Bengals using yeah. seven and eight offensive linemen yeah. to really stone them in the running game. Yeah, I'd like to. I've been one of the disciples. I'm going back, top dog, to our old school days of, of the Cleveland Browns and the original dog pound with Ernest Biner and Kevin oh, Mack. So I yeah. love the multiple backs yeah. on the field. I Love that Kareem Hunt was not traded, and, and I love weapons like that. So maybe in the second half of the year, with tight ends being thin this year with injuries and, and thin in the personnel room, of that, I'd maybe like to see more of the personnel with the running backs. In our, and Hanford, what, yeah, real quickly on, on the offensive or the defensive side of the ball, Joe Woods, we talked about a guy under fire, Stefanski. That, Joe Woods way more than Kevin Stefanski on the internet. Do well, you think he builds off of that that momentum from Cincinnati? I, I think so. I hope so, and I think so. I, I you know, and Joe Woods again. He's another guy. I, I, I'm not. I'm not big on seeing uh, coaches getting fired uh, during the season. I, it I almost think, never works. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's not going to work in right, Indianapolis. I, They're not going to the playoffs. Yeah, I just think that's crazy. I think yeah. that's crazy to fire a coach in the in the middle of the season, and uh, you, you hired him to do a job. At least let him. Uh, uh, finish that job. And Joe Woods, uh, I, I thought he had an excellent scheme the last ball game. And I think what he'll do is he'll come back and he'll 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 use more of that scheme. What I mean by uh, uh, simplifying the uh, uh, the defense, uh, don't make them have to think so much out there, and uh, use a lot of coverage where uh, the defensive backs and the corners could be really really aggressive uh, within that first. Uh, 
18 yards, knowing that they have a safety over top uh, to help him out. And he's been blitzing a little bit, but still, at some point, you got to send him the corners. They got to earn their money. They have to be on their own. But uh, I like the last uh, scheme that he came up with for this last ball game, and hopefully, we'll see a little bit more of that coming out in the second half. You know, speaking of the defense, we've had a lot of um, injuries on defense. JOK, Miles, Clowney, Ward. I know people have been on Ward for missing time, but he's dealing with a concussion. Hopefully this bye week people have gotten that R&R, that rest and recovery, but we are going to take a look at Bernie. You know, you've had plenty oh of injuries oh in, in your my. career. Uh, wow. Let's take a look. I better at, drink I my CBD <laughs> You need more than that. Oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. You never want me to play court. I love, I love it. The, I love the double cast yeah, on the hands and stuff. I missed. I had uh, broken hands. Yeah, put that back time. on. You want some more? I would say Here all we, we have to do is take a look at you, and you know why we're not going to ask you. Let me just say, think about certain bodily functions you have to do when yeah. you have two casts on your hands, okay? And you can't use those fingers, okay? Uh, <laughs> right. So, Bernie, I mean, tell us about some of your major injuries throughout your career. You know, as I, um, you know, I say the joke a lot. Of, wow. <laughs> Bernie, not to cut you off here, but wow. look at that graphic. Wow. Okay, so we got plentiful. the picture. We got the headshot before the concussions and stuff there, you know. But, you know, I say this uh, for what's a surgery, what's a procedure, what's a completely broken bone, you know, what's a cracked bone, what's a, a, a torn ACL and a torn ligament. And what's a partially torn ligament? You know, it's really um, uh, gray on some of these. But I say, you know, I say I've had almost 40 surgeries, you know, 80-some broken bones. You know, I have listed up there like 22 concussions. But, you know, top dog, you remember in the old days when we, we did this, um, concussions were really talked about differently. That was when you were unconscious on the field. So... You know, we didn't count things like seeing stars right. or being lightheaded or being wobbly. If you're able to stand up, that didn't count as a concussion. We know now, you know, that those are subconcussive blows. And I don't say that to be cool or anything for the young kids out there, for the young mothers and parents. You don't want to be letting your kids, you know, suffer through those type things. But to, to have, you know, to have those type of injuries, um, you know, starting, uh, starting down with the... Uh, the broken toes and ankles, uh, the knees. Um, heck, just like we have cell phones and technology that has gotten better that we didn't have in the 80s, like medicine has too. But as I'm looking at some of those, uh, some of those surgeries aren't just all from football. And like I look at the one of like the partial hip bone removed and transplanted. They say in the left ankle. It's really, they took part of the first surgery I ever had. I, I broke my ankle. I broke my ankle in a Monday night game. And um, they had this new type of surgery where they're going to take a part of your hip out. Okay. And they didn't do hip surgery, take the hip out to in, uh, transplant it into the ankle to help the ankle grow and stuff. So now... Instead of just having a screwed up ankle, you, you have know, a screwed up what, ankle. What was and your reaction to that when they when they recommended that? See, that's where I'm a trusting soul. Okay, <laughs> I was a finance major. Okay, I wasn't a medical. That's kind of why I'm a I'm a YouTube doctor these days. I had to do this medicine myself. But you know, and for you know, and, I, and I'm thinking about that as even as I keep looking back at the concussions. 
the cracked jaw has the broken nose, the the broken jaw. Um, I uh, yeah. The, what are the hardest to play through? Which injuries? Well, you know what the stuff, all of the stuff in the head. You know, like I did not. Um, I used to audible a lot, so. Back then, I did not wear a mouthpiece. Young kids, wear your mouthpiece. I was not cool. It was a massive mistake. Uh, hockey players don't have their front teeth. Yeah. I'm losing it. Quarterbacks in the 80s who didn't wear their mouthpiece, I don't have my back teeth. Yeah. So um, you'd get hit from the helmet underneath here, and um, you would uh, end up cracking your jaw and cracking it right underneath your ears and stuff. So I could, well, you could make it, that stuff. But all your back it, teeth... Or your back teeth would get knocked out and stuff. I'm looking there, and, and the thing that really got me is the 22 known concussion. So if you had 22 that you knew about, trust me, there are a lot more uh, on there that we're oh, not. Oh no, uh, I know. I mean, heck, we're, we're saying like with this helmet yeah. right here, like this. That was actually a real uh, a real helmet of of mine from the uh, the 1980s, and they refinish it and stuff. And and as I yeah, Gab, zoom in on that. Yeah, so like they re and it's not an excuse to show the Super Bowl ring and stuff, but like <laughs> they refinish it every week and stuff. But if you if you looked really close, you could see scratches here that uh, right here on the sides and stuff. And if you piece together the PET scans and stuff that you would do, so this is the right front of your helmet, and you piece together like the uh, PET scans and the brain scans that you've had to have done with all the bleeding and issues and seizures you know i've had besides the, like the over the hunter concussions you know, i've had like 15 seizures my last couple seizures i was in a coma for 72 and 96 hours well, that's serious and when you you know diagnosed four years ago with um uh five years left of cognitive brain function to be almost pre uh pre-dementia and stuff but when you look at this helmet here um and you look at the pet scans and you see all the scrapes and broken spots here the right front the right front of your brain is mm. where it's the cognitive part for short-term memory so remembering things like from four to ten second memory yeah. so you see a lot of guys myself included that you know you, you say something and you forget what the hell you were talking about. You forget where you're going to land. I'm not laughing. It's not funny, yeah. but because I know, I know some of that. But let me put it back up, Gavin. Let me just Gab. Let me uh, let me see. Look at it. two broken jaws, nine teeth knocked out, multiple separated right shoulder, multiple broken and bruised ribs every season, five surgeries with multiple pins in and out, broken, oh, dislocated elbow. Oh, just one of the things I one of the things I'm really proud of that I keep, and I'm not I'm probably a little masochistic to say this or sadistic, <laughs> whatever the correct <laughs> word is. But after my early surgeries, I was able to start you got so used to getting hurt or getting knocked out that you actually was able to do certain things. So I was able to save some of my teeth and stuff. And back in the uh, late 80s this is back when they started doing drug testing mm -hmm. and stuff. Mm -hmm. So we used to do urinalysis yeah. and stuff for, for drugs and steroids. And so I would get called mm -hmm. about every week mm -hmm. for the steroid test. And if you look at that, that body, <laughs> that my chart body up there, or you look at this body, yeah, okay, yeah. this is not the most athletic <laughs> lifting body. So if I did steroids, I got the wrong ones because I don't lift too good. And that's an embellished picture of my chest there too. Uh, well, let uh, me give a shout out to uh, a guy and his, uh, Dr. Burkeville. Yeah. who was uh, head of orthopedic at the uh, Cleveland Clinic. 
be tell him Dr. Burfield was amazing. When you you remember yeah, Dr. No, Dr. Burfield yeah. did the first few surgeries yeah. on me. And matter of fact, was was one of the first guys actually for one of the first docs. I've I probably had a half dozen team mm -hmm. docs in the mm -hmm. league, but he was one of the only team docs that talked to me about the uh, uh, the pain and the. Uh, the painfulness mm -hmm. that uh, you could get long-term of doing mm -hmm. uh, opiates and pain pills. Mm -hmm. He's one of the few uh, yeah. NFL docs who actually pushed you Great away guy. from that Great stuff. guy. Great you guy. Know? Great guy. But you know what? But when I see those, you know, you getting like the surgeries like that um, and, and the injuries like that, and I think about like um, um, how medicine has gotten better or supposedly gotten better and stuff. And, and it's really important now and it's, it's how we could take care of ourselves mm -hmm. and like for myself to have kind of figured out some health and holistic things to um, not end up back in the hospital and stuff because this is what's happening. We said this a couple podcasts ago. For guys who have pay, played more than seven years mm -hmm. in the league, there's a, there's a stat that says the life expectancy is 57, 58 years old. So figuring out healthy ways to be able to get ourselves and to alleviate some of that stuff from um, I didn't wear a mouthpiece because my mentor at University of Miami, Jim Kelly, yeah. didn't wear one. Um, he ended up with the, the mouth cancer, too. You know, I ended up with a version of that type of, uh, with a tumor in there, too. Because of some of the things that he went through in front of me, I was able to maybe learn some of the things not to do. And I, I say jokes, you know, on here about, like, the, the CBD and the juice and stuff, but mm -hmm. how you're able to stay away from certain medicines, mm -hmm. how you're able to get yourself healthy holistically yourself, it's imperative that all of us, you know, spend that time together and spend that commitment towards helping each other so out. So, BK, now. what you're saying is you recommend that a lot of these kids, they wear that mouthpiece, uh, even though you, would, you, you, you didn't do it. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Wear the mouthpiece. Yeah, yeah. Take, and 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 it's not. It's it, we used to, um, we used to tell the joke. Yeah. We used to tell the, the concussion joke about how we used to, uh, the finger test. They would they'd put they wouldn't put up one right. finger because right. you know you would. It's too easy. They right. wouldn't put up three fingers because right. you may miss it. Right. It'd always be put up two. And I'd say the joke, you know, hey, and I'd always, before they'd even put the fingers up, I'd say, hey, it's two. I know I'm, I'm yeah. not concussed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know what? That was kind of a macho, cool thing to do. Now, as I get older now, I'm suffering some of the long-term effects of it. For younger kids out there, you don't want them to suffer through exactly. those type of things. You know, going from... Um, teenager now to making it to the late 50s early 60s there's some darker times that i know i went through that some of our our fellow brothers that are in their Going 30s through and now, 40s yeah. that they have to go through we don't want to see any right. of our guys go right. through that type stuff and we could barely make it through all of these i mean there were so many we didn't even mention with the all five fingers broken and yeah. dislocated the acl the mcl the right ankle broken three times all five toes broken yeah you know what i wish i wanted to come today <laughs> i uh, i was so back the rules have changed a little bit in the, yeah. in the surgery world i actually was able to keep some of the pins that were in my hands and some of the pins and the screws that were in my ankle <laughs> that took out so 
in that urinalysis <laughs> thing that you used to take for, yeah. um, for your, uh, to, if you were on steroids or drugs, yeah, yeah. which they used to have me take all the steroid tests because I knew I didn't take them. <laughs> they knew it was okay. clean. But I have, and I kept, I'm, I'm going to look for a house I'm gonna, in my house. I'm going to yeah. bring it out from yeah. these podcasts. Yeah. In that, I had about a half dozen of the teeth that yeah. got knocked out. I saved those. And then I don't I have, think I want to see that. Well, that's not exactly the most hygiene thing. But you, Damn, you, I don't think I want to see. Have that. you ever seen? Have you ever literally seen the screws that they put in your in you? Like no. I had the screws taken out. I, I broke my ankle against the dolphin, right. dolphins in a Monday night game. Right. I had six screws put in my ankle. I had. Uh, I asked a doc. Actually, I had Doc Bergfeld yeah. uh, that if I could keep them. Yeah. Uh, if I could keep them when I came out, so he said, "No, I'm not going to take them out." And then down when I was with the Dolphins, uh, Dr. Uribe, the took guy who out. screwed uh, yeah. <laughs> Tua and the concussion stuff, took him out, and I ended up keeping him. So to, be, to end up literally keep keep the screws that were in your body is kind of a, uh, a maybe a, a badge of courage and stuff. But <laughs> it's the exact same stuff we're using to build the new big place studio. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They put in our body. Bernie, where do you keep those? And you're like, are they on the mantle? Or? Uh, yeah, they're on the mantle and somebody moved the damn things. I couldn't find them this morning, bro. I was looking like hey, good my CTE made them. me you know, forget where the hell they're at. <laughs> you know, speaking of that broken ankle on Monday Night Football, that was 1992 against the Dolphins and of course uh, Brown's playing the Dolphins in Miami next week we're actually going to throw it back we have some footage yes. of that oh. of that game oh. yeah, okay. Okay. Let's Let's just take a look at this this is you 1992 okay. Monday okay. night so, football so this oh gosh so this was the second game of the year and um the first series of the game it's the back then Monday night football started at nine o'clock so it's like 10 after nine and the first series of the of the game, the inside linebacker for the Dolphins, John Offerdahl, rolls my ankle, and I hear the snap, dog, and it's it's it snap. You knew it was broken. I knew yeah. it was broken, but like it, it it I was massively slow for all the listeners out there. We've talked about this on the podcast. So whether I we have a good turf or we have the baseball infield right there that I'm running on, I was massively slow. Good ankle, broken ankle, or Ooh. not. So I I uh, I didn't take my uh, I didn't take my shoe off and I didn't take my tape job off because I knew if I did it would swell up and stuff and then once it swells up it's over you it's over you yeah. really can't play and yeah it was the first it was the um, first Monday night game of the year it's the second game of the year it's our first home game there's like no way on God's earth I want to wake up mm -hmm. on Tuesday morning yeah. and find out that it wasn't broken yet I left the game you know so are you saying your prayers right here. Well, you know what? That was after the touchdown, and this was in the fourth quarter. I am absolutely praying there because it hurt so damn bad. And I made it to the fourth quarter, and I, I asked, you know, you're never more religious than you are on the football field, at least me. So I've, as a, um, growing up as a Catholic from Northeast Ohio, Youngstown, Ohio, you're every single religion that's out there. And you'll pray to any God that you think could help you at that current moment. Well, you know, well, you know not only you, you see it all the time too, baseball players, pretty much before they make a play, every time they go up pitchers before they make a pitch, they always, uh, they, they're always praying. So yeah. Now, Bernie, look at, look at your footwork on this touchdown Sideways. pass. That is with the broken ankle. Sideways. Yeah, that's, that's probably midnight yeah. already. Yeah. I broke it like three hours earlier. It, it was massively hurting. I mean, literally, I, I joke today, I have 
no minimal athleticism. I have zero dance moves, but I do look like I'm trying to have swag and a little dance moves and stuff well, because you, you, I, you literally, you, I, you can't walk straight. As a matter of fact, if I give, uh, in my old days when I was drinking and the cops pulled you over yeah. and they said walk a straight line, yeah. I may have not been uh, genuine in what yeah. I said. But now, if you ask me to walk a straight line, even in sobriety, there's zero chance of being able to walk Right now. Well, you could tell it's hurt because you could see the limp uh, with you moving, but you could tell you're gutting it out. It's what we call it. You just, you just, you just determined to stay on the field, which. Well, you never want to. I mean, the concussion stuff, you never wanted to leave. And I don't recommend this for young kids. That's, it's not, I mean, I made it, basically made it through it, but there were some dark times with it. But that was 1992 on a Monday night game. Um, and you know you talk about not, or I talk about not wanting to come out of the game, and it's reminding me like I don't really golf now, and it's not a, again an excuse to show the Super Bowl ring, but like that's as straight as my right arm goes right there, and it's off by about like six inches and stuff. And if you remember that, like I was supposed to 1988 season opener at Kansas City. And I got my elbow, my hand grabbed as mm-hmm. I went to throw. So my, my hand stopped, but my elbow kept going. So these bones kind of popped out. Mm-hmm. You know, popped out in the game. It's a friggin' first quarter. So Ooh. that was a one o'clock game. And then you Ooh. panic, you know, and you knock the bones back in. Well, you're, you're basically yeah. in shock yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But back then, you know, the hygiene and uh, leaving the field and never did we ever were allowed to take our uniform off unheard and of. get redressed so unheard of there's only two quarterbacks dressed so here and my elbows hanging out <laughs> and you have to wait till after the game because i had to still be the emergency quarterback yeah, yeah. so you wait like you know the elbow pops out um this is my sweet spot for throwing a spiral on that but then, you know, you have to wait four hours, so then the staph infection sets in, mm-hmm. and you, you know, you, have, you deal. You with didn't have a choice; you had to play. I mm-hmm. mean, that's the way we go. That's the way we do it. You got to play. Everybody's accountable. You know, you got to go. Well, we we went, and I will say we won <laughs> six to three. Okay, and I'm going to say though that that was those press those press top dogs. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. so thank you and Mighty Mini for <laughs> shutting down those guys. Okay, <laughs> I wasn't very contributing right, yeah. that day. <laughs> We do appreciate your swag limp of today that is very undetectable, honestly. But I, I think that you have some pretty good dance moves. Oh, all, okay. All oh, okay, okay. That's for another I mean, podcast. That's for another podcast. It is truly crazy when we look at your chart to see how right now in this day and age you are doing pretty well, you know? Yeah. And like you said, I think a lot goes into it with your all natural, all the things, all the homework you've done and all the doctors you've consulted. Just real quick before we move on, how do you think the NFL has accommodated for athletes post playing careers or maybe not? Well, Gab, that's amazing is, and it's almost like we overly rehearse this, the NFL has been torture on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're really almost waiting for us to die. Too many of our brothers are dying, and unfortunately, too many of our younger brothers are dying right now with these injuries and stuff. And, um, you know, I talk about um, the foundation that I started, Community at the Core, and the community of, of our Northeast Ohio people, the community of us Browns fans is awesome. It's part of what... Um, I think it's part of our uh, lifelong love for our Cleveland Browns and stuff. But there's also that community and that brotherhood of us players. 
And again, I don't want to overly compliment you, Top Dog, mm -hmm. but you look great. Thank You're you, doing Big Dog. great. Thank you, you sound great. Thank you. So many of our other brothers aren't doing as good physically and or financially. And it's important for us, you know, I think the community of us NFL players. And again, this isn't about just dogging the NFL, but the NFL is not going to help us. They're not going to help you out there if you're listening. Um, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a player, if you're a player's wife, if you're the child of a player, an ex-player, please, uh, there's not hope. There's not help. There's not hope nor help mm -hmm. if you're going down the path of the NFL with that. Some, us players have to help each other. And some, and this is not a sales pitch um, for to sell product or anything. Matter of fact, there's not products. This is a lifestyle yeah. of just trying almost a responsibility of letting people know and letting some of our other players and some of our brothers know that there are natural holistic options that you need to do so that some of the some of the pain that we're going through, yeah, physically it's one thing. And I look at that my chart stuff out there and I like to just leave it at that and say that it's all physical pain and stuff. But Unfortunately, the stuff at the top of that picture with the 22-plus concussions, the broken jaws, the, the 15 seizures that aren't even up there, there's a whole mental illness, a mental depression side of it that comes along with that for us guys, us players. And it's not easy. It's not fun. I'm not proud to want to talk about that. I know none of us want to talk about that. But if we're able to talk about that and we're able to find some help I know if, like, for myself, if we could help you guys find it, you know, we're there for you. You know, it's ironic, too, because we were talking about your ankle Monday night football against the Dolphins, and now Cleveland, we're playing the Dolphins, and a guy who's really been through it, Tua, uh, we've chatted about him on the podcast before. We are going to... Yeah, I, oh God, and I, this is yeah. so funny. And Tua, the, we're talking about my medical stuff. I finished with the Dolphins with the same doctor <laughs> that Tua had as he was taken is off the Is that the, the one that got rid of? Yeah, oh. Dr. John Uribe. Oh. He was my doc down there at you at uh, at the Dolphins at the end, and then was doing that with Tua yeah, with that, and to see to see how he's handling it because I mask it. You guys could have saw this a little bit um, in the first podcast or two. The fencing. We talked about this a couple podcasts ago. The midbrain trauma where you get paralysis mm -hmm. whether it's in the inability to communicate and get a thought from your brain to your mouth mm -hmm. or the uh, the peripheral um, paralysis of like fingers and toes and that inability to uh, to move or have cognitive ability yeah that's that happens with the sex players to see that happen with two of them and then to see some of the same medical yeah. stuff that was done to me and stuff and knowing what hell my life was in the 40s and stuff. I just don't want to see that with for a young man like that. Yeah, boy, he's coming back strong, though. He, he really has looked really good since we saw that scary shot of him that was circulating around the Internet. And since the Browns are going to Miami to face the 6-3 and three Dolphins, by the way, they're 6-1 and one when Tua is playing we're gonna actually take a actually, look i saw us i think when <laughs> two starts and finishes they win yeah 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 <laughs> there we go. so the, we're not again and i'm saying this in the spirit of levity yeah, yeah. but you don't want them to finish and when you have these type injuries these type concussions the the sad thing with the the ones i had up there and i i played with some awesome quarterbacks and boy once you start getting one concussion 
you start getting multiple ones and the subsequent ones come easier than the ones you just got. So Tua still, he's played great the last couple of weeks, but he's still um, basically six weeks out of two significant concussions. Yeah. yeah. We are going to take a look at some of their plays over, you know, their win from Chicago yesterday. We've got a little... Yeah, and we want to take a look and say, <laughs> what can the Browns do as we head to Miami against Tua and that Dolphins defense? And look at that graphic. The Dolphins are going with us. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I love it. I love it. All right, let me tee you guys up here. We'll yeah, so let's let's take a look at some of these plays. So, so Justin Fields. So as we're looking at these yeah. plays as it's starting to roll, just macro-wise, you could think about – Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears offense, they have now for the first time, I think, since like 1951 or something, they have rushed for 225 yards in four straight games. You can see Justin Fields, I think he ran for like 178 yards Playing yesterday. well, playing well. They are doing run-the-ball and bootleg-type throws, almost like uh, a right, Cleveland like we do. Browns. Yeah, so, yeah. You could almost see in this Dolphin defense, somewhat similar defense, I believe, that we could be seeing um, against our Browns uh, this upcoming Sunday. And one of the things that um, the Dolphins defensive coordinator is going to lose his mind is he cannot let the quarterback break contain like this well, on, a on, on a bootleg play like this. Well, and you can see it right here, number 15. Instead of him uh, taking care of his own business, what he's supposed to be doing, you're exactly right, BK. He let to, uh, he let uh, Fields get outside of him. You can't do that. You can't let him break contain, meant because if he took care of his business, that play would have been done for a loss. So do you think we'll you foresee the Browns oh. running these formations oh. against the Dolphins? Oh, yeah, or even, yeah, yeah. even being light on tight end? Big time. Yeah, okay. Big time, because if you look at it, you look at our offense and all the bootlegs that we run with our offense, this is pretty much just like one of them, just like you said. Yeah, just like – and 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 the Miami Dolphins uh, playing – they have a pretty good defense, but their defense is ranked 25th in yeah. the NFL, and they like the Cleveland Browns. Um, they talk about down in Miami that one of the Achilles heels of the defense is stopping the run. So we need to give them a steady dose of the running game. And their way of stopping the run is bringing extra guys up in the box like that. So um, if they have to bring that eighth man up in the box in a two back or that seventh man up in the box in a one back formation, then you're absolutely uh, they're going to be anticipating some of the bootleg stuff that we run. Bernie, as as a quarterback, what what's the key to a good play action? Like you look at that one, that obviously he got out of that and got a touchdown. When you were in the game, what what were some of the things you focused on when doing play action? Okay, that's that was gorgeous, super gorgeous play action fake by Justin Fields. So I like to say I I wanted in my brain I thought I could look that pretty out there. I was not as pretty as he is. That's that's as gorgeous as it is. Now I still would want to crush the defensive end number fifteen here for the Dolphins for being wrong. But that's a that's a well, beautiful beautiful it, play it, action. Fake it was there. such a good fake where what he did was he hit the ball hit in the, his left hand yeah. and his right and hand was right. and made the uh, made the linebacker think or the defensive end whichever it was made him think that the running back had the ball and that's right. how he was able to get and, outside and of it. And just like I say to young quarterbacks and just like I'm going to look at the camera right here. And I tell young quarterbacks, when you're doing pass plays and you're doing your drops, okay, don't look down at your feet. 
Look up. Look out through the goalposts and stuff. Look down the field. I can see Dave Big Play to my right over here. I see Top Dog here to my left. But I'm still looking up like that. On that play action fake they did, I love how Justin Fields uses his eyes, uses his head. Look at in the play action how he uses his hand like Hanford says and then lets his head go backwards almost like now you're looking at the back a little of frisky head. here okay <laughs> i see you big dog i, mean, that, I see you i like it I that like attention it. to detail man how like you it. how like you do it. little things I is like how it. you do all yeah. things because you know number 15 for the dolphins gets yelled at he knows yeah. he has contained he knows justin fields is yeah. a running quarterback he knows that play is a yeah. possibility yet he still took the cheese yeah, yeah. he still took the Base. Yeah, and you know what I think when I look at this, I I'm not worried about our offense. I think our offense is going to be able to score on their defense. The thing that worries me, our defense have to play well again because when you look at those guys on their offense, they they put points on the board. They yeah. score. They put points on the board. And Hanford, let's let's talk and, about that and, on the uh, defensive side yeah, of the ball yeah. because before the show we were talking. They've got two burners down in Miami. Tyreek Hill. We're queuing up this play. Tua with a big play to Tyreek Hill. Hanford, break down the coverage. What can the Browns do here to stop a burner like Tyreek? Well, it's going to be really, really difficult because when you look at this formation, they pretty much have uh, trips to one side. And then you got, you know, you talk about the other burner. You're talking about Waddle, who is the uh, who is the other burner. But you see how they have the three wide receivers right there. They have one on the line of scrimmage, two outside the line of scrimmage. What they're trying to do is they're trying to cause some confusion with the defensive backs right there, not knowing who's going to take who and leave one of those guys open and exactly what they did. What you're going to see is you're going to see number 10 right here. See how he hesitates right at the line of scrimmage? Wait till the receiver come up and make contact on the, on the defensive back. And then he loops around on the side just like he is just enough room where guys like Bernie with those perfect arms can put it right yeah. in there see the confusion they're trying to cause with the three defensive yeah. backs and that's and and, and, and they're able to do that and and look at how again you're looking at Tyreek Hill with already over 1100 <laughs> yards receiving yeah. I mean he has more yards receiving than that Amari and Donovan people Jones combined, yeah, you know, yeah. with 970 and stuff. But one of the things that I love from the release standpoint is how Tyreek Hill, yes, he takes his time, but look at how he's getting up the field a little bit there. And now this has been a pet peeve of yeah. mine um, uh, through the course of the year, not just with our team, but with all teams. He's the third receiver, the third receiver inside there. If you let Tyreek Hill get off the line of scrimmage without a jam like that, yeah, you have to get your hands on him in those first five yards. Like if you get hit, if you allow him just to get three, four yards downfield in that traffic, and then he could turn his jets on. That is what's going to happen to you. You have to right hand for oh. attack him at oh. the line of scrimmage. You talked about this beautifully last week. How you got to keep your balance and your feet in position. But my God, you got to get your hands on him. You, if you're going to let Tyree Kill get up on the safety like that, and I'll just say this: they don't call him a cheetah for nothing. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, this guy. I mean, you're talking about fast, and he just get faster and faster and faster. But you have to get your hands on him. I agree with you 100. But that's what they're going to try to do they're going to try try to confuse us and what we have to do is we have to get up we have to get a jam on the right receiver to uh, take away some of that speed yeah bernie did you ever have a guy who you knew was just faster than everyone else and how'd you utilize him you know what i i uh i was big on releases like that so um 
I hate to keep saying, hey, when I played and stuff, but my God, I wish they coached this poorly uh, defense when I played where they yeah. didn't jam yeah. number two and number three because I would have flown my receivers <laughs> at the safeties all day long with that. What I'm thinking about, though, for us this week and why two is the NFL leading quarterback right now, and you had like 135 quarterback rating in this game this past Sunday is they're, they're really doing the, and I'm not saying this derogatory, but they're really kind of doing the college offense RPO model as good as anybody right now. I really like Mike McDaniels and what he's doing offensively. Well, he's being creative. Schematically. God, I, I, I brag about uh, Coach Stefanski and his personnel groups and his motions and shifts, what he does from that creative side of it, Mike McDaniels is, na- unfortunately for us Cleveland Browns, is nailing it in what he's doing and his play calling, his personnel groups, and his motions and shifts. What they do in the RPO game puts the, the line, the, the linebackers, and those safeties in a real tough spot because half these, half these big plays, the Cheetah, Tyreek Hill, and the Jalen Waddle, these are running plays that, that uh, they're getting in that second level at 8 to 10 yards, and, and uh, Tua is, is masterfully accurate with his play-action passes. BK, do you know McDaniels? Uh, what, I mean, have you met him one time? I just of, know what? him a little bit. Okay, I, I okay. Want, so I, want to, yeah, I really want to know. I like because, to know what makes him tick. Yeah, what makes him tick? Because he has, he kind of has also that super cool yeah. personality. You can yeah. tell he, yeah. he, he loves his guys, yeah. and his guys love him. Yeah, yeah, exactly where I was headed with that one. You know, speaking of Waddle, we're going to take a look at their other big weapon here. we got another uh, play queued up for you here. Yeah, and Waddle, 812 yards this season. Another burner, Hanford, like we talked about. When you look at Waddle, break this down. What could our Browns cornerbacks be doing from a technique perspective to slow these guys down other than what you said? Boy, you could tell. he is just, you, You're exactly right. He is a burner. I mean, uh, we're talking about a kid out of the University of Alabama that have come directly to the pros and have not missed a beat. And Tua does a pretty good job right here with the bootleg. And all these guys are doing a really good job with the bootleg right yeah, now. Yeah, they're really – their play action, yeah, their and, faking and, is and normally, normally when you're we doing – We need to have the Dan Marino face. Yeah, <laughs> because what's happening is normally with the bootleg, you're worried about uh, – somebody hitting you and boy they're they're not even worried about it they they are faking so good that they turn right around nobody's in their face and they're able to get that ball off but waddle man you just gotta have to you got to get up on him you cannot let him go he's another one uh i don't know who's the fast i would think uh Hill is a little bit faster than he is, but both of these guys have tremendous speed, and they both catch the ball really, really well. And yeah. you're going to have to get on him, and you're going to have to jam him. You can't be afraid of him. Hey, you got to go at him. A couple of coaching points on this for the younger, younger uh, listeners or younger coaches out there. This, this isn't an RPO. This is a called boot because you can see none of the O linemen go downfield. You see, typically, you don't want to throw the ball across your body for a right-handed quarterback going right, throwing back left across your body, left-handed quarterback going left, throwing back to the right. Yet, Tua does it there, and he's actually throwing to the third receiver here, which um, um, is a lot of traffic in there. I don't recommend this as a long-term strategy for, for offensive success, 
But for what Waddle does here, on top of his awesome speed that he does, man, exactly, Comes top back. dog. Yeah, yeah. Like that should be a pick. He right un- there. he understands what the traffic that he's throwing the ball he in, should, and, he's, and, the, and, he, and the receiver bailed me out yeah. as a quarterback. Yeah. He bailed me yeah. out there because. He comes back hard. I mean, that should be a pick. If I'm yeah. the D coordinator, I want to eat number yeah. nine yeah. for not picking that ball off. Yeah. So for Waddle to come back like that, you for, for finesse fast receivers, you typically don't see this aggressiveness. Young receivers. Young. Come young on, he's receiver. coming back. Yeah. He, that's his yeah. football. Yeah. I love seeing that. That actually, yeah. unfortunately, makes it even that much tougher for our, our, our defensive backs this week. So gut feeling heading down to Miami. How do you think we look off the bye week? Boy, it's going to be tough. Uh, it, it, it's going to be tough because um, uh, I, I would I feel a little, lot better if we had them here. But uh, this is a game um, I, I think we have to have. We're going into Miami. We're going into uh, the Lions' den, as we, as we call it. And uh, they're playing well right now. I mean, offensively, they're putting a lot of points on the board. Uh, I think defensively, we can uh, offensively we can do some things against their. Uh, against their defense, but uh, we've had uh, two weeks to prepare for this game. I think that's a big, big plus. So we should know everything that we need to know about these guys, and we should know how to attack them. And uh, I think it's going to be a very, very uh, exciting game and a game that I think we definitely have a shot at winning. Yeah, I think, too, that the Dolphins have somewhat defensively. Last year, a lot was talked about Brian Flores and their coach and what happened, and with them actually – trying to possibly lose games a couple years ago. Um, But Brian Flores was a defensive coach. They had a really sweet defense last year. They are still better than their 25th ranking right now. But like the Browns, they have having trouble in stopping the run. We have to make sure that continues. We don't want to get try to be too cute too early with them down there and get into a throwing game um, with the Tyreek Hills and Jalen Waddles like that. So... Um, a, a steady dose of our physical presence to establish that early, especially when you're playing on a road, I think mm-hmm. it's imperative for mm-hmm. this game. And I am just taking notes over here because I'm getting ready to bet this game Let's do it. as we head into off it. of the bye week. Let's it's time it. for some big play bets. Let's um, do it. We've been doing that. Another solid week there. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I think we, 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 we are nailing it. Yeah, so sports gambling is coming to Ohio. It'll be here before we know it. We're going to have a big announcement here probably by next week uh, for those sports book deals. You see all of those out there. Hold off another week. We will be bringing something to you very soon. Let's let's look at some of these bets for the week. Our one, three, and five-star bets. Gab, let's go with the one-star first. We've got Saints at Pittsburgh. Saints, it's right around plus two and a half, plus three. Who are we taking in this one? Well, I, I'll give you a chance to think are you about go ahead. it. I'm going to uh, let you jump on this one know, first. <laughs> I, as much as I always like to root against the Steelers, you know, I do have my ultimate respect for Coach Tomlin and stuff. So um, I'm, uh, I, uh, I'm a Steeler guy. Well, you know what? I'm gonna, I, I am going to agree with you because I think what's going to happen is uh, tonight uh, Baltimore is going to beat up on the Saints. So that's going to have them down a little bit. And uh, they're going – that game is in Pittsburgh, correct? 
Yeah, in so, Pittsburgh. So uh, I'm gonna stick with you, partner. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Steelers too. I don't want to. It's nice. Hey, it's yeah. nice for the first time yeah. in a century <laughs> yeah. to actually pick the Steelers, yeah. and we actually hope they win because it isn't going to affect right. the playoff right. picture right. one bit at all. <laughs> we've been waiting a long time to say that. All right, let's look I don't at the. Think, I don't think we've said that since the yeah. 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not since you've played, Bernie. Yeah. Let's look at the three-star bet of the week. We have the Browns and, oh, no, we're actually going to go Vikings and Bills. Uh, Vikings plus seven and a half Ooh. in Buffalo. You want to go first, partner? Well, and I this is Kirk say. Cousins coming off of the uh, the airplane yeah. trip, if you yeah, saw that video. I, um, I saw the Kirk Cousins dancing, and I love uh, I love that um routine of dancing i don't quite have those steps um i i love how josh allen i i know that wasn't what he wanted us to do in the game against the jets last week i love how he answered that when he played a bad game and he how he dove on a sword and said how he basically sucked i love him as a quarterback i think that uh, the vikings have played over their heads so i'm still a buffalo guy i think uh because the vikings are seven and one um i i think the bills i think the bills need a get right game and they're they were embarrassed they were pretty much embarrassed mm -hmm. and uh I agree with you. I think the Bills are going to come back, and uh, they they're going to be ready to go. The great the great coach Bill Parcells used to say, "Careful when you become a fat cat." Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and not the Minnesota is, but it's seven and one. Yeah. You know, they're they've got to be happy with themselves, and mm -hmm. and careful of the team that has something yeah. to prove. And Josh Allen and the Bills, I think, will have something to prove after last week's game. All right, let's look at our five-star bet of the week. Come on, I'm ready. Come on, David. You get a twinkle in your eye, man. We're going to play Aaron Rodgers to the grave. Okay. We, we've got Cowboys heading to Green Bay. Cowboys minus four and a half. Well, I'm going to look at this one, and uh, I'm going to swift the uh, – you know – I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Uh, I, I think uh, I think they're hungry. I think uh, they're playing well right now. Green Bay, even though they're playing at home, I think there's a lot of problems on that football team. I'm going to go with the uh, Cowboys. Okay. Jerry Jones, I love you. Thank you for my Super Bowl <laughs> ring. I love how the Cowboys are playing. Um, but going on the road, and I'm an old-school quarterback. God, Aaron Rodgers, you know this. Almost like our Cleveland Browns game before the Monday night against the Bengals where it was basically a make-or-break game, a season-defining type game. Um, the Packers may already have had that season-defining game at 2-6. and six. If they go home and go to 2-7 and seven and lose, that's for sure. The, the, the coffin is nailed to those guys, so... I think Brett Favre, or Brett Favre, um, Aaron Rodgers, and his his just will to not want to cash in his season at Week Nine is too strong. All right, I'm going to give you an over under <clears throat> bonus one here. Browns Dolphins, Bernie. We love taking the overs, 49 points in this Ooh. game. Too rich for us, or do you, you know, think I'm, we can get the over? I, I um I'm a big massive over guy. I've been doing massively good success <laughs> with the overs. But both this week, though, um, I don't like to ever say the under. So if, it, if I do feel the under, I stay away from it and stuff. But really, 
both teams' defenses struggle against yeah. the run, and this needs to be both teams need the run established a running game in this. And 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 when you have two strong running teams like this, yeah. the game tends to go faster, and you tend not to get as many points. So I'm a, I'd be afraid of that almost fifty. All right, yeah, yeah. And Hanford, what do you think? I'm going to go with the under two. Okay, I, I, I can't see it. I think. Uh, uh, even though both of these teams can put points on the board, we know uh, Miami can put some points on the board. I just don't see it. I'm going to go with the under two. So. All right, and two quick hitters because we've got Sunday night football, Monday night football. Sunday night, if you have to pick Chargers at 49ers, who are you going with? I'm going with 49ers. 49ers at Yeah, home. you know what? I, I love Justin so yeah, much. I've been so on um, – the John Carroll West, the L.A. Chargers, you know, I, I love them so much. But, boy, they have just underperformed this year and underplayed, and they they slopped out a, a, a fortunate game uh, this past Sunday. So um, Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers, I like how they're, their physicalness. All right, and last one, Commanders heading to Philly for Monday night football. Come on, Jalen Hurts. Have you lost your mind? Have you lost your mind? Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Roll, mm-hmm. Eagles, roll. You know, I, I want to say that I want to say the Bill Parcells line again. The fat oh, yeah. cats have a chance to get too happy and stuff. But and I love Ron Rivera, man. We used to play against him with the '85 Bears. Okay, but that's uh, that's an Eagles day. Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. <laughs> Fly, Eagles, fly. All right, gang. Well, we've been everywhere today. Um, how about Where our... else you want to go? <laughs> we got to wrap this up. Oh, yeah. Two-minute warning. How about it? And you, you can talk about whatever whatever you want to talk about. Let me roll the video. Well, let, well, let me. I got to jump real quick on my two-minute warning. Uh, we got the halfway point of the year. We don't want to be. We're, uh, the expectation of being three and five wasn't what it was when we started, but. We had said this multiple times. The division, the conference, the NFL parity is there. Let's go on a run in the second half. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start on you a little bit uh, because uh, when you look at this uh, ball game coming up Sunday uh, between the uh, Dolphins and the uh, Browns, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, looking at both of these teams, obviously you're – pretty much uh, born in Cleveland or out mm-hmm. just outside of uh, Boardman, Ohio, mm-hmm. just outside of Cleveland. And uh, you played for the uh, Dolphins also. Mm-hmm. And uh, But Big Dog, I, I just I just want to know your loyalties this yeah, week. I want to know. Uh, you know oh, your, I, um, wanna, I just want to know, you know, talk to me. How you feel about yeah. this ball game? Because one part of you, you know, you have your little – Dolphins, and then yeah. uh, hopefully the uh, the the majority of yeah. you is with those. The well, we, you know what? As you're as you're saying that there, top dog. Hey, as you're saying that, seriously, I'm getting goosebumps. A little kind of emotional. You know, it is it is cool as you get older and stuff. I'm not sure when I was younger, I really appreciated the magnitude of playing in the NFL, and now to be at an NFL game and you have played quarterback for yeah. both those teams. It's absolutely super cool for me. You know, my allegiance are up here. We could, if we had to do it percentage wise, mm-hmm. I, guess, I guess we would do uh, of my 12 year career. Yeah. Nine years was up here. So at least got 75% of me <laughs> up here with it. But you know, um, the medical, the medical stuff that happened here in Cleveland that we were talking about so much on the show today, um, 
so much of that ended down there mm -hmm. with some of the medical stuff that happened mm -hmm. happened to me and to see that we're playing them this week i played for both teams and we had that bernie kosar my chart up there mm -hmm. and just to be sitting here you know decently healthy mm -hmm. um knowing knowing what happened like that mm -hmm. it's, it's actually super proud super proud well good show partner sounds good my man you got it hey, we're gonna be uh we're gonna be four uh, four wins. I think we are. Let's Let's get do us. It. You got it. You got Keep it. the streak up, you man. You got it. You got it. <laughs> you matter. Go Browns. <laughs>